Welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, your source of information for living the best years of your life, your way. For more than a decade, host Jim Brogan and his expert guests have come together each week to share important news and advice that can impact the lives and well-being of those who are retired and those nearing retirement. Learn about issues like health and fitness, financial planning, social security benefits, investment advice, and more. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Good morning, East Tennessee, and welcome to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And, you know, like many of you, COVID-19 is on the forefront of my mind when I wake up every morning. And some days it's still kind of hard to process to me that this is the state of the world that we're in right now. I mean, we've changed the way we work and shop, how or if we eat out. Instead of meeting friends after work or on the weekends, you know, we're lucky to get to wave at neighbors that are passing by as they walk by our houses. So, um, you know, it's just been very unusual. I know for others... Uh, the concerns go much deeper. You know, when, you wonder when your business will be able to reopen, when you can have workers return to the office, you know, or when paychecks will be enough to cover your rent and put food on the table. So most of us, I think, just want things to get normal. And, you know, it's that trade-off between we want to get back to normal and we want to get back to work, but at the same point, we want to stay healthy and, you know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to get sick and we certainly don't want to get others sick, especially those around us that are particularly at risk, you know, older folks, people that have serious health conditions. So this morning, uh, we're, we're going to have uh, Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs join us to talk about when East Tennessee and Knox County can start returning to some kind of normal. And so, uh, you know, the, the governor, Governor Lee, announced yesterday kind of his uh, initial plan to reopen the economy. And we had, he's calling it the Tennessee Pledge, which I think is great branding. And uh, phase one is going to be starting right away. Uh, but, but phase one does not include Knox County. Uh, you know, he's, he's working with the, 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 the county and the city uh, mayors on a plan to reopen Knox County, you know, he's doing the same things with the other large counties throughout the state, the more, the more um, congested populated counties, Davidson County, uh, Hamilton, Shelby, Sullivan, I think there's one other one, there's six counties there. So um, interestingly enough, uh, he said that he was going to open restaurants uh, to 50% capacity starting next week, and then mid next week, open retail stores. He said he was not going to open salons um, massage, so, um, you know, spas, that kind of thing. I know, uh, but, but, you know, we've got the, the two mayors are working closely together, uh, to kind of come up with a plan for Knoxville and Knox County. And they're going to be having a task force. Uh, they're going to be announcing in a press conference on Monday, exactly what their plan is. So, you know, if we look at the at, at what President Trump has done, he's given the governors a roadmap for recovering from the coronavirus pandemic, laying out a phased and deliberate approach. And the guidelines may help loosen restrictions in places 
with low transmission of the coronavirus. So when we look at the state of Tennessee, you know, we haven't had, especially in East Tennessee, nearly the types of cases in other parts of the country. And some social distance measures will need to remain in place. And so that's what the governor is kind of talking about. So phase one, for those of you that haven't been following it, recommends strict social distancing and no non-essential travel. And that's what the governor has announced and what he's working with the mayors uh, uh, that, that will be coming on Monday. Then phase two would be to recommend limited gatherings to no more than 50 people. And, and resuming some travel. Phase one is gatherings of no more than 10 people. Phase two would be no more than 50. And then phase three is mostly a return to normalcy with a focus on identification and isolation for any new infections. And, of course, the testing becomes so critically important there. They're really talking about needing to put as many as 5%, um, 5 6% of our residents per day being te- uh, being tested, or per week being tested. And right now we're not getting anywhere near those kinds of tests. So every state's going to reopen at their own pace. Of course, we know Georgia has already opened. South Carolina's going to be following suit. Um, I know everybody wants to get back to work. Um, so I think one of the things that, that we've got to be cognizant of, you know, with what I do, you know, our firm at Broken Financial, you know, we work on the financial impact and how that's going to affect you. And so for those that are nearing and in retirement, what do you need to be doing for, to protect your savings in a moment like this? And uh, now and in the future, because, you know, if you're 20 or in your 30s or even in your 40s, maybe even early 50s, you have years to wait for not only your investments to come back, but to get, you know, to get back to work, to, to, to kind of resume normal activity, get your savings going. And it's not only that you have all those years to recover losses, you also have 10, 15, 20 years to be putting a lot more money in. And that's a big thing people need to realize when they're in a saving phase as opposed to an income phase. Because when you, you know, when you cross over into retirement, you're now in an income phase of life. So you're drawing from your savings. And so, you know, if you're even 10 years from retirement, let's say you're in your early or mid fifties and you're thinking 10 more years, then it's not only the time to recover the investment losses and, you know, getting back to work and, and getting everything straightened out, but it's, all of those years, you're going to be adding more money to your investments. Uh, and in retirement, not only do you not have the years to wait, you're not adding money in. To the contrary, you're actually at that point taking money out. So it really puts a completely different set of pressures and stresses on the nest egg. So, you know, reopening the economy and dealing with the healthcare crisis in the right way is, you know, the biggest key to how quickly our economy recovers and the stock market and our investments get back to kind of normal ground. And so all of this is so important with how we adjust and move forward. So certainly, you know, I've been watching, I mean, I know many of you are watching the task force, you know, the, 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 the president with his announcements on a daily basis, but what's happening with Governor Lee 
has also been very, very important. And then I'm very anxious to see the announcement Monday with the two mayors here in Knoxville and Knox County of what they're going to uh, announce. Now, we're hoping to get uh, Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs on the line with us. I know he's just got a whole lot going on, uh, but we're very hopeful that he'll be able to come on and be able to give us a little bit of an update. I know Knox County has furloughed some workers. The city has not done that yet and is hoping not to. The county has furloughed some workers, and we want to talk to him about the realities of the budget, um, you know, the, the budget shortfalls and why this is so necessary and what the plan is to reopen the economy. So we got several good things we're going to talk about today on the show. And I'll tell you what, um, we're going to get to our break. And when we come back, we're hold, hoping to get, as I said, Knox County Mayor Jacobs back on. Um, but then we also want to talk about how the economic downturn could potentially really hit retirees and near retirees hard. And how do you develop a plan, a financial plan, to be able to work in this market condition? You know, retiring into the teeth of a bear market can be very dangerous to your wealth if you don't have a plan to deal with it. So we're going to have much more on the retirement planning aspect of this, and then hopefully also have Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. So don't go away as you listen to more Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. listening to more living with jim brogan during the week jim is a financial advisor an author and speaker with an mba from the university of tennessee who specializes in helping people in or near retirement plan for the next phase of their lives you can reach brogan financial during the week at 865-862-6800 or on the web at broganfinancial.com and now Here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Thank you for tuning in to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan, and I'm going to talk about ways the recession hits retirees particularly hard. Um, you know, retirees can face unique financial challenges during economic downturns. You know, you not only have the years to recover losses, you're also taking money out along the way, and you're not adding money back in. Because, you know, when we're in our working years, we're adding money back in. So, um, and you can be hurt by low interest rates. So it can kind of be a powerful one-two punch. And one of the things you may have heard me talk about in the past, if you've been listening to our show, is that, you know, if you live 30 years in retirement, 80% of your outcomes determined in the first 10 years. And over 50% of your eventual outcomes determined in the first five years. In other words, what happens in that first five years potentially has over a 50% impact on your outcome over the 30 years of retirement. It's remarkable. Having a bear market or difficult market conditions 
right out of the gate in retirement, especially in that first five to 10 years, if we had a challenging decade, can be a real challenge. So you have less time to recover from losses, and it can really put a pressure and stress on the nest egg. So first, let's talk about, you know, what if it's a choppy full 10 years? You know, how, how unusual is it to have a whole decade where markets don't do really well? And I know, um, you know, a lot of times I get that question. I'll have people say, well, you know, Jim, I understand in a two- or three-year window, people, markets may not do very well. But given 10 years, markets all, the stock market always does well. Well, not necessarily. So what I did is I went back to 1900, and I measured every 10-year period in rolling one-year increments. So in other words, 1900 to 1910, 1901 to 1911, 1902 to 1912, et cetera, et cetera. So there's over 100 of those. We did this up through a few years ago. And what I was curious of is we know the markets over long periods of time average about 95 to 10% per year. That's what you've always heard. The stock market makes about 10% per year. So how many of those 100-plus decades actually made an average return? So let's call an average return 8 to 12% per year over the term of that decade. We're talking about the U.S. stock market, okay? Um, it was only... Uh, about 22% of those decades made an average return of 8 to 12% per year. Well, how many, what percentage made less than 8% per year? It was actually 43% of those decades made less than 8% per year. And then 35% of those decades made more than 12% per year. So in other words... It's more likely when we measure decades, it's more likely we're going to do either have a poor decade in the market or we're going to have a booming decade. In other words, we're going to have a bust type of a decade or a boom. And this is actually consistent with what we know about markets when we look at it historically. You know, Warren Buffett has talked for 20, 30 years about the fact that our stock market typically works in roughly 20-year cycles. We'll have a 20-year boom. We'll have a 20-year bust. Not where the markets lose over 20 years, but where the markets don't average robust returns of 9%, 10% per year. So the reason I'm mentioning this is I just want you to realize that we can have decades, and we often do have decades, where markets are not, you know, they, they don't make the 9%, 10% per year. So if you retire into a current bear market like now, or you retire and there's immediately a bear market, or we just have a challenging decade. It can really put a strain on your nest egg. So what happens is, think about this, you go into retirement and now you've got to start drawing uh, income from your life savings. So all of a sudden, you know, what most people do is they draw income across all of their investments. We call that a total return approach to income. You've got all of these investments, and you draw income from them. But what that means is some of your investments are going up and down in value every month and every week and every day. And then that means when they're sharply down in value, which inevitably they will be, and they have been over the last seven or eight weeks, you're having to sell off investment while they're down, and then you're spending that money as income. 
And then that mo- that'll compound your loss. That money will never, ever come back because it has been spent as income. So you've compounded that loss. See, it's okay to sell something. So a fundamental rule of wealth management is you don't want to spend an investment loss. It's okay to sell things when they're down and reinvest, but you, you never want to sell when they're down and spend that money where you never, ever can come back. So that puts a different pressure and stress on that nest egg because now you've got to go and draw income. So that can put an emphasis on how you structure income. I would say securing income from stable and protected investments in the first five, six, seven years of retirement is absolutely critical in a retirement plan. It's absolutely critical. And I'm so sorry, somehow I've got an alarm going off in my house, but it's absolutely critical to secure income in those first five, six, seven years. Now then, another concern could be relying on dividends for income. And when you're relying on dividends for income, dividends can absolutely be an effective part of a retirement income strategy, okay? Um, But if those dividends are cut or they're frozen, then you've got a little bit of a problem with your income. Uh, One of the other problems I have with dividend Uh, just living solely on dividend income is in order to produce the kind of income you need, you know, if you want to draw three or 4% per year of income from your investments, then now you're going to have to focus only on dividend stocks because you really just don't have any kind of a choice. You have to focus uh, on, and and then your, your, the risk you're taking in your portfolio is really tremendous. So, um, Securing that short-term income where you can draw from things that are protected and don't go up and down in value is critical in the early years of retirement. I like to to separate your money as two different kinds of money. You've got your safe money. Think of it as two buckets. So everything you save and invest has to go in two buckets. One bucket is your safe money, and the other bucket is your risk money. Okay? So – Uh, The safe money we'll call your live-on money. That's what you want to be drawing from and living on uh, in the early years of retirement. And then the risk money, I like to call that your leave-on money. You're going to leave it alone for growth because if you're living on the risk investments, then again, inevitably, they're going to be down in value. Now, there are some other problems with retiring into a recession like we're in right now is usually interest rates – are going to be very low. I mean, the Federal Reserve has cut interest rates to near zero. Uh, This ends up having an effect where savings accounts, safe investments like CDs and bonds, they just don't yield as much as they once did. It also means that your Social Security cost of living adjustments will likely be low for 2021. So you've got all these competing pressures Safe money's not paying as much. Risk monies are down. Your Social Security benefit is not going to go up as much. Um, and then you've got older workers who can be laid off, and typically older workers have a harder time finding jobs. An Urban Institute study from 2012 found that it took nine months or more for workers 51 and older who were laid off in the Great Recession to be reti- rehired. 
You know, age discrimination does exist in many workplaces. And then when you do get rehired, older workers may not have as high salary as they once did. So now there's good news to all of this. Okay. I'm just, what I'm doing in this segment is I'm just explaining that, you know, these kind of market conditions, if you're near retirement, already retired, really create some challenges. But you can be successful in managing that. Um, if you create a plan now to secure income, maybe it may not be smart to do that for five or six years, but if you can do that for at least three years, maybe four years, where you're not having to, to take income from your investments as they go up and down in value, you can be successful because then what that allows you to do is take those risk investments and focus on not what are they worth next month or even next year, but what are they going to be worth in three years or four years. And I'll tell you, I think we're going to get through this. I think we're going to get through this deep recession, and I think the economy is going to start up. And I think a, a big part of that is I think getting some of the economy online in the month of May, like we're doing, going to be doing here in Tennessee, and like will be happening in many other parts of the country, it's critical from an economic perspective to be able to get back to work. If this goes into June or July or August, it's going to be that much worse. But I think we can get through this. And this phased reopening announced by the, 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 the president's uh, plan for the phase reopening, and then that's been announced by the governor, and then that we're going to hear on Monday morning from our, our county and city mayors, I think is going to give us the ability to recover from this. And so what that means for you as a retiree or near retiree is if you can secure your income where you're not having to live on the investments that are going up and down in value, your stock investments particularly, then you're going to be able to wait three or four years for this thing to recover. And I think barring a global depression, I think we'll recover like that. And I think in three or three years, this will be in our rearview mirror. Now, I don't know that. I don't have a crystal ball. But I think you can have a plan to be successful. Now, if you've not already done that, I would urge you to create that financial plan that secures income in the short term, focuses on growth in the long term. Now, um, you know, one of the things you've got to be very careful about is the traditional diversification of stocks and bonds is likely not to be very effective in the coming decade. And the reason for that is interest rates are very, very low. And so bond yields are very, very low. And when inter and interest rates and bond values go in an opposite direction. So when interest rates go up, bond values go down. So not only are bonds not paying much right now, in the future, they're either going to, I mean, if interest rates stay where they are, bonds aren't paying much. And if interest rates go up, bonds are going to do even worse. So um, the traditional diversification, that 60-40 or 70-30 mix of stocks and bonds, probably isn't going to be very effective in the coming decade. But back to my original point, the good news is if you can protect income over these next three, four years maybe, I would go ahead and do that now. You know, we've recovered. The stock market has recovered half of its losses, roughly. And I'm just using ballpark numbers, generalities. I'm not giving exact, precise numbers. But the market has roughly recovered half of its losses from that huge uh, and dramatic downturn over that three- or four-week period in March. Okay? So now's a good time to be assessing that and creating a financial plan 
that plans for stability of income and long-term growth, that re-examines diversification, re-examines how you draw income, and looks at bond alternatives to safe investments. Okay, So you can be developing that financial plan now, and then you know it may be that you phase how you implement that plan based on market conditions, and you're smart with it. So, you know, you've got to be informed how to do that. Now, one thing I want to mention is we've got our upcoming college class at the University of Tennessee. Okay, and it's going to be virtual. It's coming up this Tuesday night, COVID-19, retirement planning in the world of COVID-19. And it's going to be at UT these, these next two Tuesday nights from 6.30 to 8.30. It'll be live virtually with Zoom. And I'm telling you, if you've not been on Zoom, it is very, very easy to do when you've got your computer in front of you. And I'll be teaching, and you can submit questions through the chat function on Zoom, and it's the, it, it, it's designed to give you information of how to manage things in times like this so you can make informed and prudent decisions that can impact the quality of your life in retirement and you can put a plan together to be successful. Uh, if you go to financialsurvivalforretirement.com, you can get more information. You can also call the University of Tennessee at 974-0150. Um, again, financialsurvivalforretirement.com. I'm going to go into the seven key things you need to be looking at to create a successful financial plan in the world of this kind of market volatility. Okay. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about the extended tax filing deadline. What else is affected by that? And how can you take advantage of some of these opportunities that have been created by the extension of the tax deadline and other things in the CARES Act? So don't go away. You're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I got my first real weekly radio show, television news appearances, and adult education classes taught at the University of Tennessee and Pellissippi State Community College. Jim taps into his extensive knowledge and experience to address issues important to living your best retirement. Join Jim every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. here on Newstalk 98.7 WOKI and visit him online at broganfinancial.com. And now, here's the host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living with Jim Rogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. And, uh, you know, in this next tech segment, we're going to talk about the details of the extended tax deadline. The federal tax deadline is now July the 15th. I'm sure you're aware. Um, even if you're not taking advantage of the three months of tax filing extension, you may take advantage of other extended deadlines. So there's a lot of things uh, that we can do and a lot of benefits to all the different things and tools the government has given us uh, to help ease the financial burden. And I think that's a good way to look at this. The government has given us a lot of tools um, with 
both at the personal level and at the business level. Now, thank goodness Congress was able to work things out and extend the benefits to small business of the payroll protection program. And small businesses throughout East Tennessee and all of Tennessee need those dollars to help bring their workers back and cover their workers' income. Because, you know, that program, if you're not a business owner, you know, understand that program allows your employer for small businesses to pay their employees for eight weeks. They're going to cover the payroll costs. Um, Now, there's some questions about payroll taxes and some other things, but for the most part, cover payroll costs and rent or mortgage payments. So there's some tremendous things there. And then, of course, we know about the unemployment benefits, the extra $600 a week that the federal government is kicking in on top of regular unemployment. Um, So we have, you know, many of you have received your stimulus checks. And if you filed your 18 or 19 tax return, even your 18 return, um, you should, uh, the government should have everything they need to send you your stimulus check. Actually, I'm going to mention that in the last segment. We talk about some scams that are going on right now that you need to be careful about. But, you know, the government is really doing a lot of things, and I think there's going to be more and more stimulus involved the deeper we go through this. Now, one of the things I'll be talking about in future shows um, we've got to go and have a great show in May uh, where we're going to talk about the long-term implications of all this government spending. But in the short term, it's very needed to help us get through this deep recession and help many of you be able to put food on your table and pay your rent or pay your mortgage, you know, and all the different things that you need to do. Now, but the tax filing deadline, extending that deadline to July the 15th is a big help. Uh, this means that, that if you owe tax, you don't need to, to make the payment on that until you file July 15th. So you've gotten an extra three months of cash flow to help get through uh, doing that. Uh, the extension applies to all individuals, businesses, trusts, estates, and more on the federal level. Okay, it's just the federal level. So it's your federal income tax return. And the extension is automatic. You did not have to file an extension in order to get that movement to July 15th. Now, normally, April 15th is the deadline <clears throat> to contribute to an IRA or to a Roth IRA. <clears throat> now, being able to deduct money to an IRA, on a, an IRA contribution, there's limits there, depending on how much money you make and whether or not you participate in a company qualified plan, like a 401k or a 403b. But if you're eligible to do a deductible IRA, you've now got till July 15th to do that. If you're eligible to do a Roth IRA contribution, and the only uh, qualifier there uh, is if you don't make too much income. Now, you have to have earned income. But if you don't make too much, you can contribute to a Roth as well. So you now have until July 15th to make those contributions. And there's no make no mistake about it, saving money, in a retirement account where it's either a traditional retirement account like an IRA or 401k where you get a tax deduction up front now and then the money's taxable later, or the Roth option, which could be a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA. There's no question where you, where you don't get the tax deduction now, but then it's tax-free later on. So on one, you're tax-free now, and the other, you're tax-free later. There's no question that those are the two most powerful ways 
to save money and, and create wealth in the long haul. And the main reason is because as they're growing, you don't have the drag on the investment of having to pay income taxes. So by extending those tax deadlines to July 15th, you're automatically getting that extension. And and so for the 2019 contribution, if you're under 50 years old, it's $6,000 for an IRA or Roth if you're otherwise eligible, and it's 7000 for 50 and older. Now, to my knowledge, the extension does not apply to your 401k contributions, but, you know, typically we make our 401k contributions out of our paycheck through the year, and we're already doing it for 2020 now. Um, now, then, if you won't be able to file by July 15th, you can file an extension like you normally would have for April 15th, and you can still go to as late as October 15th, but that doesn't extend all the deadlines on, I mean, you've got to pay in what you owe. It doesn't necessarily file your, your um, it doesn't necessarily extend your deadlines for making retirement account contributions. Now, one thing I also want to mention is the CARES Act waived the required minimum distribution for 2020, as you may be aware. So if you're, if you're 72 years of old, of age or older, you had, you would have had to have taken a required minimum distribution this year. Now you don't have to. Likewise, if you've inherited an IRA and the, the person who, who, who passed away and left you that IRA passed away before July the 1st of 2020, there's no minimum distribution in 2020 either. Now, if you've got a traditional retirement account and you now don't have to take a minimum distribution, let's say you're 72 or older, what if you already took that minimum distribution? Well, if you took it, after February 1st, how do you undo it? Well, you can actually undo it because if you took that distribution after February 1st, you know, typically if you take money out, you have 60 days to do what's called uh, an IRA rollover. Okay, so you can redeposit those funds in the, in the IRA within 60 days and it won't be taxable. Now, there's some really important rules that deal with all that. I mean, you know, you can only do one rollover like that in a 12-month period, period. It doesn't matter if it's other IRAs that you roll up. But when the check is cut to you and then you take 60 days and do a 60-day rollover, you can only do that once every 12 12 months, period. But they've extended the 60-day rollover rule to July the 15th. So it's not a 60-day rollover. If you took it after February 1st, you've got a till July 15 rollover to be able to put those funds back in. Now, yes, if you took the RMD in January, that means you cannot do that that rollover. We're hoping the Treasury will give us more guidance and we'll allow that. But as of right now, you can't. So you just need to stay tuned. I'll be bringing you up to date both through this show and also if you follow us online, you know, I've put out about five blogs in the last month. And one was on the CARES Act. One was on chaos and the markets amidst coronavirus. Um, I'm always putting stuff out as laws evolve. I put out a, a, a blog on the SECURE Act when it was passed in December. So follow us online. Go to BroganFinancial.com. You can sign up. Um, we've got a great new report about market volatility in the new age. You can sign up for that report, um, and you can follow us. 
And that's a great way to stay in tune. You know, what if you took an RMD in January? Right now, you don't have a way to be able to undo that, but we're hoping the U.S. Treasury, the IRS, will give us uh, some relief. Now, if you took out a uh, an RMD on an inherited IRA, as of right now, there's no way to undo that. So, again, we're, we're just waiting to see if the IRS will clarify that or Congress and that uh, you can put that back in. Now, I want to mention one other thing about the CARES Act that has been extremely misunderstood so far, and that is this provision that if you're under 59 and a half, you can take money out of a retirement, a qualified retirement plan, a 401k, let's say. You can take up to $100,000 out, and there's no tax penalty. Now, there would be tax, but there wouldn't be a tax penalty. And if you pay it back within three years, you also wouldn't pay the tax. And even on the taxable portion you've got, even if you don't pay it back, you've got three years to pay that tax. I would urge you to get with your CPA about how you handle that, you know, in terms of the mechanics of how you take it out, how you potentially pay the tax or pay that money back. However, as we've been digging through the details the fine print, it, is, it only talks about doing that with qualified plans, meaning a 401K, a 403B, a 457, a plan you have at work. In other words, there's nothing in the rules that says you can do that with an IRA or that you can do that with a Roth IRA. You can only do it with qualified company plans. Now, we're hoping, I, I have to imagine, that Congress overlooked. It was an oversight when they wrote that rule. And so we're hoping for additional guidance that can give you relief if you need to take that money out of an IRA and you're in a financial hardship caused by coronavirus. Remember, you have to have a hardship caused by coronavirus, and that means either you, your spouse, or a dependent was a, got coronavirus, or you've been quarantined in your area, which we have been here, right? You've been quarantined or furloughed or laid off. So if you need that relief and it's an IRA right now, the, 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 the law to the letter of the law does not allow that, that exception to the tax penalty. So if that's you and you need to do that, get with your tax professional and find out what your options are. Be careful you don't overstep and end up having to pay a tax penalty. And again, I will get more information to you about exactly what that rule covers and what it does not cover if you need to take advantage of the CARES Act access to 401ks and other company plans where you can take out up to $100,000 and not have to pay a tax penalty. But remember, if you don't pay it back within three years, you do have to pay the tax. But as of right now, I just want to say it again, IRAs are not listed as one of those things you can withdraw from. Okay, um, so do stay tuned with us. Follow us online at BroganFinancial.com. Follow us with Facebook and with Twitter, and uh, we'll just continue to bring more information as we get it, and, and, and you can follow my blogs online as well. Now, when we come back, there's been more and more consumer scams that, that are related to coronavirus, and I do not want you to fall prey to that, so stay tuned. As you listen to More Living with Jim Brogan here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
for listening to More Living with Jim Brogan. If you miss any of today's show or want to listen to it again, visit BroganFinancial.com where you can access the podcast and other educational materials to help you in your journey through retirement. And now, here's Senior Market Advisor Magazine's 2011 National Advisor of the Year and host of More Living, Jim Brogan. Thank you for tuning in to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. We've been talking about a lot of the financial effects and ramifications of coronavirus in the markets. If you're retired or getting ready to retire, we've talked about some of the CARES Act stuff. If you've missed part of the show and you want to hear the whole thing, we've also talked about the phases that, that President Trump is recommending and how Governor Bill Lee is, is uh, adjusting to that. Also, there's a press conference Monday with both our Knox County and Knoxville City mayors. So, uh, But if you missed part of the show and want to catch it, we will be posting it online. You can listen to our podcasts at broganfinancial.com. Also, uh, two things. One, we've published a special report, Market Volatility in the New Age. How do you handle this type of volatility when you're retired or getting near retirement? You can download that. And then, of course, I've got my last college class for UT's University of Tennessee's adult education, it's coming up this Tuesday, and it is virtual, 100% virtual. It's the same class I teach, but it will be focusing on how you handle financial planning for retirement uh, in the midst of this kind of market volatility and economic distress. Um, go to for, for that, you can either go to my website at broganfinancial.com and click on classes, or you can d- go directly to financialsurvivalforretirement.com. You can download a syllabus. You can click to register. There's a short video about the class. I would love to see you there. Again, it's 100% virtual, two two-hour sessions starting this Tuesday. So it would be April the 28th and May the 5th. And I cover the seven main areas you need to address to create a successful financial plan and how you can be successful navigating this world of economic chaos and volatility. I believe most of you listening, if you're near retirement or at retirement, most of you can secure, if you were already kind of getting there, you can still more than likely still secure your ability to retire confidently if you develop a comprehensive financial plan to deal with the volatility, it can be done, and I'm going to show you how in that class. Again, go to financialsurvivalforretirement.com. Um, now, I want to talk about some scams that are going around. You know, unfortunately, when we have uh, when we have a life crisis like this, and unfortunately, people try to take advantage of that, and I do not want to see you get taken advantage of. COVID-19 scams are proliferating. Americans so far have lost almost $13 million to them so far. So you need to be able to recognize them and even report them to the FTC if you come across one. Now, you know, first off, there are some stimulus check scams. The government has sent out stimulus checks to millions of Americans, and scammers may call individuals pretending to be the government and ask for bank account information so that they can send you your payment. Well, don't fall prey to that. Uh, If you have filled out a, a 2018 or a 2019 tax return, the government does not need any additional information on you on where to send the money. They're not going to call you and ask you that. So uh, don't fall to that scam. There are some work-from-home and debt reduction scams. You know, many of you are out of work, and scammers may reach out with work-for-home job offers 
that require an upfront payment for training or for special equipment. Do your research on any company that offers freelance or work from home opportunities, especially if they're working, if they're wanting upfront money. And watch out for debt reduction techniques that sound too good to be true. There are fake COVID-19 information websites that prompt you to download information that contains malicious software that can steal your personal information. So you really need to be very, very careful of those kind of phishing scams. There are even fake charities that sound like real charities. You can do research on that. You know, the IRS has a tax-exempt organization search tool on their website. Uh, also, be very wary of websites that are claiming to have access to home COVID-19 test kits or experimental treatment. Just be very, very cautious of that. So today we've discussed the reopening, and we've discussed the economy and the economic impact on your financial planning because greater living and greater wealth provides for more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Thank you to Jill for helping produce the show. Thank you for calling, running the board. Check us out online, broganfinancial.com, for all of our upcoming classes and follow us for our blogs and all the podcasts we put out. Thank you for tuning in this morning to More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.